0: Welcome to today's teaching service. You're listening to the First Century Apostolic Church, FCAC Temagana. We preach teach and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God, with the new miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is to follow in the steps of the apostles and disciples of the first century church founded by our Lord Jesus. Prepare yourselves, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God, brought to you by Rev. Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of F.C.A.C. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. I encourage you, therefore, to join us every Tuesday at our teaching services at 7 p.m. prompt. You will be truly blessed. God bless you as you join us in the service.
1: Amen. Let's all be seated. This evening, um, for the next two Fridays, we're going to be looking at a very, a very important subject which is often overlooked or it is underestimated by many Christians, and that is the subject of the Holy Spirit baptism. Subject the Holy Spirit baptism. Um, Let's all turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 19. Let's open our Bibles to Acts 19 and we shall read verses 1 to 7. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 19. Verses 1 to 7. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all; there were twelve in all. So the title is: Did you receive the Holy Spirit? And today we're dealing with part one, did you, the church, did you receive the Holy Spirit, part one? I began by saying that the subject of Holy Spirit baptism is of utmost importance, but it is not very well understood by many Christians. And therefore, uh, they fall short of receiving all the fullness and the benefits of the Holy Spirit. Did you receive the Holy Spirit, part one? In this text, we read of Paul uh, during his missionary travels, arriving in the city of Ephesus, where he... Planted the Ephesian church. Ephesian church. Church of the Ephesians. And uh, he met 12 disciples. 12 people who had believed in Jesus. 12 believers. They were new converts. Who had forsaken their past lives. Turned over their lives to God through Christ Jesus. So Paul could perceive that they were, uh, they were true converts. A were true converts. But you must have noticed that they lacked, they lacked something. And what they lacked was the person of the Holy Spirit. They were Christians, they had believed. But it's one step after the other. First, you believe, then you are baptized into Christ, and you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. We'll come to that very shortly. So Paul was compelled to ask them this question. Did you believe? So did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. In fact, this is the spiritual situation of many Christians today. And it's very sad because we are actually in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. During the Old Testament days, the world was under the ministry of mainly God the Father. In the Old Testament days, it was mainly the ministry of God the Father. And during the time of the Gospels, when Christ came here on earth, the ministry of Jesus, during his stay here on earth, after his ascension to heaven and the coming of the Holy Spirit, since that time, that was the beginning of the church, the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost was that day marked the exact beginning of the church on earth here. And since then, the world has been, or the church has been under the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it's very important that every believer must receive actually the fullness of the Holy Spirit. If you are to experience, to see, to have evidence of His power in your life as a believer or as a Christian, you must understand and receive the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Paul asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, oh, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Can you imagine such a state of ignorance? Pathetic. Very, very sad. We have not even heard. We have not been told that there is a Holy Spirit. Because many churches don't actually teach the Holy Spirit. They teach... They teach God, they teach Christ, but they don't teach the Holy Spirit. <coughs> they teach God, they teach Christ, they teach Bible, they don't teach the Holy Spirit. And it's not good enough, God. we are actually in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And after the when this ministry is ended, that is the end, the end will come. There's no other ministry coming after this. We are in the end, this is the, this is the last dispensation, the last era. So then Paul said, ah, into what ministry were you, into what baptism were you baptized? In way, into what ministry, into whose ministry were you baptized? Because as believers, we need to be baptized into God. You cannot be a believer if you've not been immersed. We come into that if you've not been made one uh, with God. So Paul was asked them into what then were you baptized? Into what then? We, are, we believed, believers, disciples. But you must have been baptized into something. So then, now, it is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So, if you have not even heard the Holy Spirit, then into what then were you baptized? You must have been baptized of something. You should be. It means that, then maybe you are just wasting your time. (laughs) So they said, into John's baptism. John had a baptism. Jesus came after John. Jesus had the ministry. And we have the baptism into Jesus. We have the baptism. That is the water baptism. We are baptized with Jesus. That is water baptism. And after that, you need to have the Holy Spirit baptism when a believer is now baptized into the Holy Spirit. And you need all these things. We need, we need to go through all these stages. So they said, well, we were baptized into John's um, baptism. But John's baptism had come to an end. John was only a forerunner, John was not God. John only came to teach, he came to, 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 to preach. People must, must, but must repent. Then he said they must repent and believe on him who was to come after. He said they, he said they should believe in him. Paul, Paul, sorry. Uh, John did not come preaching that people should believe in him. He said they should believe on him who was to come after him. So now, Paul, I have to give them a lot of brief teachings. So they said, into John's baptism, then Paul said, verse 4, John indeed truly baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who will come after him. That is, on Christ Jesus. So, John's baptism was nothing at all. There was no power, no... It was only to lead people to lead to Christ. But having come to Christ, you need to be baptized into Jesus... And you need to baptize in the Holy Spirit. When they heard this verse five, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now when they were baptized; they received water baptism. Now they realize that no, they were not. It's not a matter of John's baptism, but they need to be baptized into Jesus, and then to the Holy Spirit. So. But first, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the, of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now, the men were about 12 in all. They were about 12 in all. Praise the Lord. So, this short scripture underscores, points out the importance. Of the Holy Spirit baptism, why Paul would take so much interest and go to such detail with twelve disciples that he 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 he, he chanced to meet in the city of Ephesus, and he made sure that they understood the difference between John's baptism, mm-hmm. Jesus' baptism, water baptism, and the Holy Spirit baptism, and he demonstrated to them that these things were real. So when he laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Praise the Lord. Clap of two hands for Jesus. So, whoever you are, wherever you are, listen to me right now. Let it be known to you that there's something that they call baptisms. Baptisms. That every believer is expected, it is mandatory, it is compulsory, because it is for your own good, for our own benefit. We must go to the baptisms. Now, therefore, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, like water baptism, is actually to be immersed completely in the Holy Spirit. When you do water baptism, we immerse the believer in water. We haven't done one for two years because of the COVID. As soon as we had a new pond built, COVID-19 came. So for over two years now, we haven't had any water baptism in FCC. But I think now, this year, this year, we're going to start doing water baptisms. And the way to do water baptism is to actually immerse the believer completely, not partially, completely, not sprinkling water on the head, not just pronouncing you baptized, or laying hands on you, but actually to immerse the person wholly and bodily, completely covered, immersed, submerged in water. And that's what we call water baptism. But that is not a subject of discussion teaching this evening. We look at the Holy Spirit baptism. In the same way, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit is spiritually being immersed, submerged, completely immersed immersed in the Holy Spirit. And the believer then receives, when this is done, the believer then receives power from heaven. This is the thing. The believer, the person who believes believed in Jesus, then receives power from heaven. And that's why Paul was careful and patient to take the 12 disciples, the efficient disciples, through Holy Spirit baptism. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. The outward sign, these are the outward signs that the Holy Spirit had come upon them, and that, that they had the power of the Holy Spirit from that time onwards. Now, Luke 24, verse 49. Luke 24, verse 49. Luke's gospel. Chapter so 24, verse 49. This is Jesus speaking. He said, Behold, I send... The promise of my Father upon you, that the Holy Spirit, that the promise of the Father of the Holy Spirit. Behold, I send in word, behold, I send the Holy Spirit upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until so you are endued with power from high. Beloved, without the without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, without being immersed in the Holy Spirit, the believer cannot have power. You may have believed. There are people who are content. They are happy, satisfied. Say, oh, I believe in Jesus. I'm a Christian. I I belong to this church or that church. I pray daily. I I do everything. But have not actually, really, received the Holy Spirit baptism. And such Christians lack the power of God. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is the anointing. When we talk about the anointing, the anointing, it simply means the presence of the Holy Spirit with his attendant power. And you cannot have the Holy Spirit in you if you have not received the Holy Spirit baptism. So Jesus said to the disciples that they should tarry in Jerusalem. They shouldn't go anywhere because if they went out, they would lack power. They lack power. They couldn't do anything. They would fall to temptation, when oppression came, they were, oppression came, they were caving, they were giving. Don't forget, Jesus himself had to wait. He himself had to wait for 30 years until he was baptized at the Jordan by John. And as he came out of the Jordan River, he received the Holy Good baptism. When the Holy Spirit descended on him body in the form of a dove. The Bible says how God, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Before then, he was Jesus of Nazareth. But when he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, he now went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So it was after his baptism that he was tempted by the devil and he was able to overcome the devil. So it's very important that we all desire, pray, and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, Acts chapter 1, verse 5. Acts 1, verse 5. Acts of the apostles, verse 1, verse 1, verse 5, sorry. 1, verse 5. Acts 1, verse 5. For John truly baptized with water. Again, this is Jesus speaking. For John truly baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So there's a, there's a water baptism and the Holy Spirit baptism. And all these are mandatory. They are, they are necessary for the believer. Acts 1 verse 5. And again, the same Acts 1, this time verse 8. Acts 1, verse 8. Jesus said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, nor Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And the Holy Spirit can come upon you when you have received the Holy Spirit baptism. And even then, the power is not always there. It's come, it comes and goes. It comes and goes. We'll we come into that. But you see, you cannot be a witness to Jesus. You cannot witness to Jesus effectively if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you. If you are not being endued with power from on high, you cannot be an effective witness of Jesus. You may call yourself a Christian, you may you may see you as a Christian, but when it comes to actually bearing the fruit of the Spirit or witnessing to Jesus, being a true witness of Jesus, it is almost impossible. You may try, but we will be doing so all in the flesh, by the flesh. And don't forget, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's all by the Spirit of God. So Jesus said, but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Praise the Lord. Beloved, the Holy Spirit baptism is a mighty spiritual experience. And this results in the outward evidence or sign of speaking in tongues so if you think or believe you are christian and you haven't received the holy ghost baptism therefore you are not able to speak pray sing in tongues then you're not there yet you're not completely you are not fully there yet beloved we're talking about baptism it is not baptism into a Christian or a church denomination. We're not talking about baptism into FCAC or baptism into the Methodist church or the Anglican church. We're not talking about baptism of the Catholic church. We're not talking about baptism into a church denomination. Because people take pride in the fact that I, I am a member of this church or a member of that church and they think that will suffice that is enough that will be more than enough we're talking about baptism into the holy spirit doesn't matter which denomination you are in you belong to you can be a methodist catholic or whoever you are wherever you are but you need there's only one spirit there are thousands and thousands of church or christian denominations, but there's only one spirit and those who have believed and accepted, God will accept in that baptism. So it is not a church that you, you attend, that you attend, remember that is important, but it's the question of whether you have the Holy Spirit baptism or not. And if your church does not teach the Holy Spirit baptism, if your church doesn't teach what I'm teaching now, then in fact, I can say that then that church is not a church. Because there's only one faith, there are not a hundred faiths. There's only one faith. We must all, Bible says, we must all come to the unity of the faith and to the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. We must all come to the unity. There's only one faith. One faith. Not your your church, not your denomination, but the Holy Spirit that you are baptized into. Just say, "Amen" with me. Amen. Clap your two hands for Jesus. So, the Holy Spirit baptism is therefore a mighty spiritual experience resulting in the outward evidence or sign of speaking in tongues. Because, see, tongue speaking is the language of heaven. Tongue speaking is the language of angels. That's why we don't understand it. Though we speak it We don't understand what you're saying. We don't know the meaning of what you're saying. Because it's not an earthly language. Because it's the language of angels. The heavenly language. And therefore, those who are outside, when I say those who are outside, unbelievers, they mock. They laugh because they don't understand these things. They cannot receive the Holy Spirit because they they don't know him and the Holy Spirit does not know them. Therefore, they may laugh, they may mock, but that is their problem. Praise the Lord. Now, don't forget that the Holy Spirit you're talking about is a person. Don't visualize or imagine the Holy Spirit to be something abstract or something imaginary. Imaginary. Something that you can imagine. Because there are some denominations that believe that the Holy Spirit is a wind. He's only a wind. And some say he's this or that. But he is actually a person. He's a person. Just like you, just like me. Only that he's spirit. And we're going to look at that presently. So, what it means is that church. Being baptized into the Holy Spirit is you abiding in the person or the personality of the Holy Spirit. It's not that that some wind is blowing over you, no. It's you and that person becoming one. You and that person becoming one. And that person is actually the the third person of the Godhead. He's not just an ordinary person, but he's also God. So we're talking about you and God becoming one when you receive the Holy Spirit baptism. And that's why you have power. That's why you are endued with power from high. And that's why we be able to be a witness to Jesus. Because then you have God coming to you and you actually entering to God and God entering to you. So as you go about, you know, um, uh, they see God in you. They see Christ in you if you agree with me, say amen. amen. He's a person. He's a person. And he's a third person of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the three are one. The three from the Godhead. And He the third person. But does he mean that he's a third um, rate uh, citizen? No. He's co-equal with the Father Co equal with the Son and co equal with Himself. Praise the Lord. So, 1 John 5, 7. 1 John 5, verse 7. 1 John 5, verse 7. First John 5, 7 says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, that Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. These three are one. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one, one and the same, co-equal in all attributes. We say that it's a person because he has personality attributes, as seen below. A person is a person when he has personality attributes, when he has qualities that are ascribed to a person, we can tell a goat from a sheep because uh, goat has, goats have their own attributes, different from attributes of, of sheep or dogs. So, a person is a person only when he or she has the makeup, makeup, the nature or the character of a person. And the Holy Spirit is a person because he has the nature. The makeup and character that make him a person. So don't forget that time we, we mention the Holy Spirit here, we actually refer to a person. I remember when we were in chapter one, the, this man who used to visit, was he a member of our church, but he used to visit us regularly for our Friday prayer meetings. And he, he loved our prayer meetings. And then one day, after a meeting, he came to me and said he had noticed one thing. I said, "What is it?" He said, "I noticed that here you, in your church, you place a lot of emphasis, importance on the Holy Spirit. Whereas right in my church, is either God or Jesus. Everything is about God or Jesus. They hardly mention the Holy Spirit. But I," he said, "I noticed that here." You seem to place a lot of emphasis, a lot of importance on the Holy Spirit. I say, oh yes, because God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy—they are, are co-equal. More so, if we are in the, we are in the era, we are in the dispensation, we are in the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and He is the one who works in our base through Christ Jesus from the Father. He is the one who works in our midst. And that's what we call the anointing. That's what we call, presently called, the anointing. You cannot have the anointing if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you. You cannot. And that's why many churches like the anointing because they don't even, have, they don't, have not even heard <laughs> that there's even a Holy Spirit anywhere. The whole church has not even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. So how can that church be anointed? But, May we be anointed here in the FCAC. And may you as, a, you as a personality be anointed in the name of Jesus. Attributes. So, we said the Holy Spirit speaks. He speaks. Only a person speaks. God don't speak. Trees don't speak. Stones don't speak. Persons speak. Speak. And when you have a child and a... By five years, the child has not spoken. You know, there's something wrong with that child. But human beings, persons, are supposed to speak. So, Acts 13, verse 2. Acts 13, verse 2. He speaks. The Holy Spirit speaks. A lot of times when there's prophecy here, um, when things are happening, the Holy Spirit who is working and speaking, Acts 13, verse 2. Or let's take verses 1 and 2. 1 and 2. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. And Saul. So, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, "The Holy Spirit said, Now, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. The Holy Spirit said, spoke, and said, Now separate to me, to him the Holy Spirit, mean that he's also God. He's God, because this was God speaking. They were to be separated unto God. So he says, Separate to me, Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. The Holy Spirit, who is God, has called them. So he speaks. Just say he speaks. Yes. So you're dealing with somebody who speaks. Not just wind or air or something, something that you imagine. And then he works. Just may the Holy Spirit speak in your lives. May he speak into your lives. He also works. And may he work for you. And may he work your blessings out for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. He works. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. In fact, he, he, he does a lot of work. Working all the time. He's always working. Always working. He works. This is just one of the things that he does. He teaches. He teaches. John 14, verse 26. John's Gospel. 14, verse 26. He teaches. So when you desire the baptism... You are designed all these things in your lives. When you, get, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, then you may hear Him speak into your spirit. He, he works, his works are available to you, and he, he also teaches you. So, John 14, verse 26. Sorry. John to the 14, verse. 96. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, this is Jesus speaking, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. He will teach you all things. In other words, he will teach you and give you understanding. Because he teach about the word of God, give you understanding about the word of God and other things. Praise the Lord. He will teach you all things. May the Holy Spirit teach your children in school. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, before I became truly born again, before I received the Holy Ghost baptism, yeah, I knew the Bible. We studied in school as BK. We used to call it BK, Bible Knowledge. I studied BK as a subject. At my old level, ordinary level, and I got grade two, which was very good. Those days, grade two was excellent. But it was just a a textbook, textbook. It was chew and pour. I chewed and poured it out, and I got grade two, and I was very happy. But it was when I truly became born again and I received the Holy Ghost baptism, then f- things just began to acquire some new meanings. The, the Word of God became alive to me. And I began to understand things better than even they taught us in school. Because the teachers who taught us, were not, they were not even Christians. They were just teaching the BK as a subject. I remember my, one of my BK masters, he was uh, uh, We saw him yesterday drunk. Uh, today he's teaching me BK, you know. Uh, so, but when I became one again, then I began to understand. The whole world came alive. And I look at unbelievers. I look at people who, are, who don't believe. I see that. That's the reason why they don't, they don't even own a Bible. They don't see the Word of God as living and powerful. The word of God is to them is like some dead book, some dead words. They don't, they don't even understand. They, don't, they really don't understand. Nobody is there to teach them. They really teach them, they don't understand. So he teaches. He teaches. And then he guides, he guides into all truth. He guide you into the truth. When you are going wrong, you understand, he gives you the truth. John same John chapter 16, chapter 16, verse 13. John 16, verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. That's why I call it the spirit of truth. When you have him, you have the truth. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. John 16, 13. However, when he, the Spirit of Truth, and the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. May the Spirit of Truth tell you things to come. Everybody in the world wants to know about things to come. Everybody wants, you know, our things to come. Go downstairs, go outside and pray. Different from what I was thinking, completely opposite. And I had to drag myself, you know, and I knew God was talking to me. So, you know, my tiredness, you know, I just got up and this is how I walked outside. <laughs> but as soon as I began to pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, then all the tiredness disappeared and all the... The laziness evaporated and things began to happen. May God also speak to you in the same way. You will not hear the audible voice of God. You will not hear God talking to you all the time. God, God, no, no, no. Not like the way he spoke to Moses. But the Holy Spirit does the way the Holy Spirit communicates with his children. And that's why we are learning these things today. And may we all learn these things tonight. He has a mind. And he has a will. He has a will. What he wants to do. He has a will. Now, what, what he would, the thing that he wants to do. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. He has a will. He has a purpose. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. He has a will. Not the one you pray. You pray. Make sure you pray according to the will of God. He has a will. He provides fellowship. He can give. You, oh, may you all have fellowship. He provides fellowship. Second Corinthians 13 verse 14. Second Corinthians 13. 14. this one we all know i don't know whether sometimes we think of it that way second corinthians 13 14. second corinthians 13 14. the grace of the lord jesus christ and the love of and the communion of the lord, holy spirit be with you all amen we have been saying we say this all 10 times every day the grace and the goodness, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion or the fellowship, communion as well a fellowship. the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So you can provide fellowship, you can provide company. You can keep you company. Keep you company. I remember, when, I, when I'm driving, I hardly play any, any music. My, my, the radio in my car oh, is idle. I never plays. Now some of you, <laughs> when we are driving, hey, always FM station. I do a piece FM oh piece fm Praise the Lord. I <laughs> know because every time I give my car to some of you to go do an errand, you know, when you come out, you don't turn off the radio. You come and park the car. They leave the, So as soon as I start the engine, hey, look, 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 I know the kind of thing that you have been listening to. <laughs> Angel FM. Praise the Lord. Well, because when I'm driving, I, I have a, I sense. I'm going to Kwawe and coming. You know, I don't even play um, Gospels. I have a deep sense that I have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I'm not there alone. I'm not in the vehicle alone. People have asked why don't you get a driver? Don't I said, no. Oh. When I'm driving, imagine forward. I came back here, Well, this morning I came back. I left Kumahu at 6 o'clock and I got here at 11 o'clock, five hours. Is it five? Yeah, five hours. Five hours and I, I knew I wasn't alone. And whatever the Holy Spirit is, is there with his angels. So I don't turn on the radio and tell the Holy Ghost to, to shut up. No. I tell the radio to shut up and I listen to the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. May God do so for you also. Remember, I, drove, I went to come out with Pastor Atta., Wilson. He said, oh. I've seen that you don't, when you, are there, you don't play the radio. No, I said, no, I don't, I don't use the media. I like to have fellowship, quiet, alone, five hours. Amen. So he provides fellowship, and he has love love by trying he has love romans 15 verse 30. he has love romans 15 romans 15 verse 30. he has love he has love so if you want to have him fellow you may also have love romans 15 verse 30. romans 15 30. now i beg you brethren through the Lord Jesus Christ, and through the love of the of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me, and through the love of the Spirit, He has love. He has love. So when He comes, to you, He will love you, and then He can be grieved. <laughs> Finally, you can make Him unhappy, and that is what many Christians do. They made the Holy Spirit unhappy. Unhappy. He can be grieved. Ephesians 4:30. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. He can be grieved. The Bible says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for a day of redemption. Don't make him unhappy. Don't make him sad. Don't make him weep. Don't grieve him. Make him happy. When he's happy with you, then he'll bless you. Praise the Lord. So, have you received or did you receive the Holy Spirit? The title, as we've heard is Did you receive the Holy Spirit? When you become a believer, after now, did you or have you received the Holy Spirit? Part one. Amen. Next we continue with part two. In the following week, um, we look at how to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. How to receive Him. Don't forget, the presence of the Holy Spirit signifies or is a measure of his anointing. The more of the Holy Spirit that you have in him, you baptize in him, the more, that he's, the more of him that is in you and you in him, that is the level of anointing that you have. That level of anointing. So if you grieve him, then you don't have any anointing at all. Grieve him no anointing. And unfortunately, there are many who grieve him and because they want to have the anointing, they want to have him, they want to be filled with him, but they keep on grieving him, so they are not filled. They resort to false or fake means, pretending that they have the anointing when they don't. So they lie, they fake. You falsify things. And, um, and people, people who don't know are taken in. They are deceived. They are deceived. Because you cannot have the Holy Spirit working in you, anointing, if you charge him. Does he charge money? No. If you are charging money. It doesn't make, it doesn't make, it doesn't make uh, heavenly sense to me so when you go to play where is money, money, money people are putting money people put money in the pulpit everything is money people come, prayers, money Uh, prophecy, money Uh, fundraising, money Uh, anything, money what else everything everything is money everything is money it cannot be God working there. Cannot be. That's not how God works. That's not how God works. Amen. Amen. Let you our it. So, did you receive the Holy Spirit? We're going to continue next week. And uh, I'm going to show you, if you have not received him, I'm going to show you how you can receive him. Because God has promised us mighty things this year. And as you can imagine, since the 31st, I've been teaching and preaching on how you can position yourself to get these things. God has said it. When God speaks the word, it goes to perform that which it is spoken. doesn't come back to God void. So it will work for some people who are ready. Those who are not ready, it will pass them by. But may the word of God work for us all. In the name of Jesus.
0: Thank you for participating in this teaching service. We believe you have been blessed by the word. You're welcome to visit us at Emma Community 5. PV are being run about. God bless you, and we hope to see you next Tuesday.